We're good. <clears throat> Salud. I think we need to put a beat behind that. <laughs> Believe in yourself because you came all the way to here. That means you must have some talent, you must have some potential. Just don't throw it away by just giving up. I let go of the handlebars, let go of the handles. I let go of the handlebars, letting go of the handles. Yeah, I can't keep my hands off you or off my bicycle. I've told you once and I'll tell you again. Shut up. Legs, I'd love to say that to Matthew Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hapler, and Jake Von Doring as well, but I'd probably get canned from this gig. Nevertheless, enjoy the Dialed Podcast. Yes, showing up and participating is important. Trying your best is important, but neither deserves a trophy. If you want one of those, go win some. You ate all the waffles? Yes, I did. Could have asked us if we wanted any. Nuh-uh, if I give you the waffles, I won't get any. Link, would you like a waffle? There is no more waffles. I have them all. Why, uh, yes, Red. I think I would like two waffles. You can't, you want two of them? I just, I just don't know why you guys get all the waffles. You guys are being selfish. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering. I'm here with Lance Friggin' Hepler. Lance Hepler. Freak, no, freaking Hepler. Lance Friggin' Hepler. There you go. Friggity frack. Welcome. <laughs> to his left, Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys look a little busted up today. <laughs> a little beat up. A little what? rough around the edges. I I have a black eye. You don't have to have any. I'm, I didn't say you specifically. You meant it. You guys. You were staring right at my pointing, black eye. And pointing. <laughs> and pointing when you said that. Uh, it was subtle, though, wasn't it? I'm not sure why I have a black eye. This yeah. is what happens when you're a geriatric athlete mm-hmm. and they send you an AARP card in the mail. <laughs> when when you get those AARP cards, it comes with uh, mysterious bruises that just pop up. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. That or maybe sucking a little too much wheel. I, it's possible. <laughs> I was sitting on some wheels yesterday for a long time on a gravel race. And uh, I don't know. I woke up with a black what eye. What kind of sunglasses do you use? I use 100%. Are they, they're big and they're beefy? Yeah, they're big yeah, and beefy. Good yeah. coverage. And I never took them off. They stayed on the whole time. I don't know. I don't know. I might have gotten pelted with something. Did, but your, did your wife beat you? Is this one of those, like, I fell down the stairs again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm safe. <laughs> oh, Everything's safe. In a safe place. <laughs> Brandy's gotten in some fights in her day. She's thrown some haymakers. Oh but boy, we, we shouldn't talk about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> she's not even here to, de- she's she's not not here to defend, defend herself. herself. So, no. okay. Oh, you guys, <laughs> love it. Uh, I don't know what happened. That's there. just how the intros go. That's what happened with the intros? Hey. That's hot. 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 That's so hot. hot. So hot. You guys want to do a hot seat? That's a hot seat. L- let's do the hot seat this week. Who wants to go first? Matt is still. I, I'm. I am yet to decide, but I always have like three or four things. He's to always all... got all kinds of fun little questions yeah. up his sleeve. So let's start with Lance. I got he was one. the first one to come up with a, a question. Okay, Lance, go. Okay, Pay Roubaix happened uh, a week ago. Okay. We haven't even talked about it. Yet gotcha. Podcast. No, he did oh, no. not do it. He didn't race. He says that his <laughs> hands aren't. Tough I thought you were talking about for next year. Yet. Who's going to win it? Oh, no, 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 sorry. Okay. 
Uh, Perry Bay, and there ended up. He also up, said he needs to gain 10 pounds. He said he needs to gain weight <laughs> and get tougher hands. And I was saying that out loud, and my kids were like, why does he need to gain weight? And I'm like, it's it, he's a Grand Tour writer. It's hard to explain. Perube is a free, it beats the snot out of you. It yeah, it's it's a rough race. Do you remember the race where George Hincapie was riding and his his stem just snapped and he just went over the bars? Oh, that happened in the middle of the race. And another time, somebody crashed in front of Peter Sagan and oh, he yeah. bunny hopped bunny him. Bunny hopped him. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Going, I freaking love that race. Anyway, we haven't talked about. There was some controversy though with tubeless tires. That right. happened um, because there were a lot of crashes this year, and Luke Rowe from uh, Ineos Grenadiers, uh, he thinks that a lot of those crashes are because of tubeless tires, and he called it out. There's This has been like one of the first poor things to be talked about with tubeless tires. What do you think? Everybody's entitled to an opinion. True. Okay. And <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> opinions are like a-holes. Everybody has one. That's correct. Is this because they tend to like explode as yeah. opposed to right? Isn't that the okay. argument? So what he's saying is like if you get a flat on a tubeless tire, especially if it's been recently sealed on the rim, if you get a flat, it can come right off the rim immediately. And you saw that happen during the race. A guy is on the Ehrenberg Forest cruising along. His front tire goes flat, and the tire comes right off the rim. Mm-hmm. And it just like folds up and gets stuck. I've seen that with tubulars. I've seen it with tube tires. It's, it's happened to all of them. You know, they're, yeah. it, wheels and tires are not a perfect science. Yeah. But if you take the three of them and put them together, there's a reason why they're running those in Perry Roubaix because they're the most effective tire out there. Yeah. So, okay, you, you might have a point in terms of like it might have contributed to the accident itself. But if you take the whole thing and put it all together and you look at all the different wheel and tire options, that is your best bet. And so I wouldn't throw it under the bus just because a couple people either set up their wheel tire combination wrong or ran too low of a tire pressure or hit a big giant pothole and burped it a little bit, which forced the tire to come off at some point in time. I mean, there's a multitude of different things that can cause a wheel and tire combination yep. to have catastrophic you know, failure. But for what it's worth, I mean, tubeless tires have been around for a long time. You yep. don't see people crying about this kind of stuff in mountain biking, do you? No, you and don't. And they're putting them through the paces way more than they are on the road. Yeah. I sorry, dude. <laughs> They're worth it. Now, Luke Rowe, they uh, Ineos Grenadiers, they all raced on tubeless as well. Mm-hmm. The difference was is they all had inserts in their yeah. wheels. You guys like the ins- inserts, and so That's- even on their road bikes, they ran with inserts. Yeah, and and he, he, you know, what Luke Rowe said was, you know, I I like the inserts because if you go flat, you still keep your tire shape and the tire really usually stays on the rim the whole thing doesn't come off not only do they stay on the rim in some cases you actually have to cut the tire off to get it off the actual wheel i've helped somebody with that once they were they'd come down from seattle they were doing the vancouver courthouse criterium which was the regional uh championships and he wanted to come out and do the the hammer crit the next day well during the race he got a a big slit in his tire and then we were going to help him put a new tire on there at the race could not get it off for the life of me. We could not get anything underneath the bead to get that thing off. So I literally told the guy, hey, we're going to be providing race support for the race the next day. Let me take this back. I will go into work after hours tonight, and I'll get this swapped over for you. Had to get a pair of scissors and some dikes, and I had to cut the tire off in order to get off because that insert was so difficult. Uh, 
to work with and you just yeah. couldn't you i mean you've you've off. experienced this with gravel tires you've experienced mm. it with i cut a, i cut a tire off on yeah. my gravel wheels I, once. i'm yeah. telling you that it was infinitely more difficult with a road setup however the the plus side is is like you said yes it, it's got some benefits to it with respect if you do have a blowout you can still ride on it i wouldn't race on it in a criterion with some real hard banking turns but if you're out on a road race you could probably make that be a little bit more serviceable for a long period of time he uh he said a lot of teams don't want to put inserts in their road tires because weight. it's weight mm -hmm. it it's what luke rose said was it's two or three watts harder you yeah. lose two or three watts by having that in there so yeah and he just said dude just put the inserts in and ride with a little bit of uh, confidence that your tire's not going to explode off the rim anyway. Yeah. So how did the tires explode though? I mean, what were the scenarios? I mean, what actually happened? Did they burp? Did they get slits? Yeah. Did they burped? burped? Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's riding down the Arabic forest, which is one of the five star, uh, pave cobble, sector, cobble yeah. sectors, yeah. uh, really rough. He flatted, once he flatted, it burped, it popped off the wheel. It, was it all instantaneous or was he trying to ride on it until a neutral car came up to give him a It new was all instantaneous. Okay. It all just like ripped off and then all of a sudden his tire is like, and there's sealant spraying anywhere, everywhere and his tire is like folding up into his fork and he's like. I think that's was, where it gets dangerous. I was descending at one point <laughs> and I had, and this was tube and it like everything blew and then everything got stuck in the rim brake. And you basically, I mean, because then you're skidding Skid to a stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and as long as you're balanced, you can do you're it without okay. crashing. Okay. But it's also pretty freaking scary. Yeah. Oh. So. What's your take, Lance? Uh, I I think everybody should be riding tubeless. I yeah. think it's way better. And yeah, I need, I haven't even really considered putting inserts in my in really? my road tires. Uh, we've got a bunch of them down at the lab from Vittoria that are pretty lightweight, and they probably worth trying. The, it's potentially worth trying. It just depends on what kind of riding you like to do. Yeah. Again, probably go lower pressure. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would take it out on the road though until I knew for sure that I need, I had the ability to get the tire off in the event that I did have something catastrophic happen and I needed to put a, um, like a boot and a tube in there. Right. You know, technically you can be riding on it, but I don't know. Maybe I need to test that part of it too. Is it safe? Can you hit turns and, and do all the necessary yeah. things on a bike? Well, you know, Probably not how turns. hard is roadside maintenance going to be? It seemed to have, we seem to have more issues yeah. with road tires. Yeah. You know, roadside maintenance <clears throat> yeah. than other stuff that you can't, you know, I just. How many wheels and tires have you known me to have issues with where I have not been able to? successfully nope. accomplish what we need to nope. accomplish. I don't, I can't think for of me any. to tell you that I had to take a wheel and tire combination back to the lab cut and it. cut it off. It was freaking pretty rock solid. It, it wasn't, it was, it it was not coming off. I mean, there might be somebody on the face of this planet that can get it off, but there's not too many of those people out there. And I could not get it off without cutting the damn thing off. I, I, so I had a gravel pair of wheels that I, the tire was bad. It was just time to change it. And yeah. it had an insert in there and the insert had been in there for, a year or yeah. two, so it was really solid in there, and I, I think I broke three tire levers trying to get the tire yeah, off. I just, I yep. couldn't get under it yep. enough, and it just, I kept snapping tire levers. Yeah. So I did the same thing. I cut the tire in half. I had to cut through the Kevlar bead yep. with a pair, like a, like a razor blade, so I didn't mess up the rim. It, it was. It was like <laughs> did you operation. put your dentist uh, yeah, goggles little, on? What my, are you guys call loops, those? Loops. Loops. Put my uh, <laughs> put my loops on so I can look really closely. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was not fun. Matt, would you run inserts? Yeah, 
I would, I would. I'm just not worried about weight. And I, th- I don't know. I'm also not super worried about like the additional benefits of getting potentially lower tire pressure, but I would probably try it. Um, keep the wife's phone number close at hand because I do think that when you're talking about switching that out, that's a much messier situation. Yeah. So I, I would try it. I just think like if you, if you get to the point where you're like, yeah, I, I can't switch this for tube when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then yes, yeah, it's probably not doing you any services. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, what tires are you guys running on the road right now that you're really liking tubeless wise? I'm still running those uh, Pirellis. Pirellis. I'm yeah. still running those too, and yeah. I have I haven't had any flats. I love those Pirellis. Yeah, I ran just, the Pirellis for gosh two years, like yeah. all through the pandemic when we couldn't get anything else. But Pirellis stepped up and they were able to deliver us some tires. So I ran those all through the COVID era, and then all of a sudden we couldn't get stuff from them, and then all of a sudden the stuff that we had ordered from Continental came in. I really like the new Continental tires, yeah. but. They just seemed like in that two-year time period when I was running Prellies, zero issues, no slits, maybe a, a puncture here and there that you never even noticed, like mm-hmm. it spits right. and then seals, and then you're good to go. I started running those Contis, and almost instantly, I'm dealing with slits and punctures, and it was difficult for the sealant to seal those up, oh. which was interesting. And I'm like, well, maybe that's just bad luck, but... <laughs> There's got to be something to that because, I mean, if you go ride on a particular wheel set of wheels yeah. for two years and you have virtually no problems with it, and I'm continuously riding, and I'm a creature of habit, I, I do a lot of the routes you know, again, over and yeah. over and over and over again. So they're going to be subject to the same kind of terrain. Um, the, the Contis, I was just having issues with them uh, like all the time. And then I went away from the Contis because uh, it was one of those situations where I put too many slits in them and had too many tire plugs. I'm like, all right, I got to put something different on here. Go back to you. Well, I went ahead. We tried some of the um, Vittorian. Vittorian Next tires, and those actually were pretty good. They seemed like they were a little bit more resilient. I did deal with a slit or two, but they seemed like they, you know, they were fine until I had the one catastrophic slit that I did put a tube or. Um, uh, a plug into and then wrote it until I got home and then went back to the Pirellis and have been on the Pirellis since and they've been lights out. It's super interesting. No problems with those. I have to think that there's there's some some drawbacks to it, right? Like we think maybe the rolling resistance is worse. It's slightly. I it's mean, hard it's hard because that's like that's what. Oh, so if you're you gonna get other people to measure that, look stuff at like we don't do it ourselves. Say like 40k, and if you're gonna run on the Contis and it's gonna save you 10 seconds, I mean that technically could be quite a bit if you're doing a time yeah. trial. But in that same 40k, how many tire slits are you gonna get because the rubber compound's a little bit different? And then maybe zero if you're if you're, if you're I, lucky. I think here's the thing. There's all there's there's so much debate about this stuff, tires, rolling resistance, puncture resistance, and the balance between all mm-hmm. of it, maybe we lean towards, roll, you know, puncture resistance and then swap out for big races. It's a little bit hard when you're saying, like, I think there's a, I think there's still something to be said after all these years. I still think there's something to be said for, like, trainer wheels with trainer tires on there. Race day comes and you swap out for a different wheel set with the tires on there that aren't quite as puncture resistant, but they are significantly faster. I don't know. I don't know if it, that's increasing your increasing your risk by that much for a, a road bike race. 
I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with what I know works and what's gonna yeah. be the most puncture resistance. If I'm gonna go out and do a time trial or a triathlon or something along those right. lines where you're racing against the clock and every second counts, yeah, I'm gonna roll the dice and I'm gonna see if I can get something that's a little bit Ooh, faster to that little edge. That's what I did for Ironman races. Yeah. I I usually went with a um, like they have this like Conti TT, which is a pretty paper thin, you know. But I also know that Ironman's going to, you know, they're going to go over the road and they're going to try and clear it up a little bit yeah, before yeah. the races. I mean, it's still, people still have flats out there. It's a faster the tire, a lot faster tire. So if it is race day, you're kind of going for it. I but. mean, we could theoretically all be using the gator skins out there, True. but we don't. Yeah. Well, you know, probably yeah. does make the SL version of their uh, P0 yeah. tire. And those are lacking one less layer of protection okay and it does increase the speed i don't know how it compares i'd have to go look at some of the charts was, was it slather or whatever is that the website that you use uh bike blather or blather slather yeah bike blather. <laughs> anyway is go it? and see what they were seeing with the the, the rolling, rolling resistance and I, kind of go from there, my so. gut feeling is that the pearlies are pretty good yeah like they're probably not the best i don't think that they're you know the best but i think they're a nice little mix of Hey, we're not seeing a lot of flats with them, and the rolling yeah. resistance is fine. Yeah. It's not like horrific. Yeah. So, well, I'd be curious to know if other people are having issues with the Contis as well, because that's probably one of the biggest and most well-known Conti brands. This the five thousand GTR thousand. Yeah, the, yeah, the GP five thousand. GP five thousand. Yeah, thank you. SLRs, I think, or, or TLRs. So, okay. Yes, I don't know. They got all these letters and numbers behind it, but um, I, I, I've just had issues with them. I like them when they're not flat. They roll really nice and yeah. they're supple and they do a lot of good stuff. But I just have too many punctures. Mm -hmm. Don't know if it's just sheer bad luck or what, but yeah, I think I think right now we're in a happy place. And also, like I don't know, you guys are racing. We'll talk about that later today in this podcast. But like I'm not racing. Yeah, just, I just want to be able to go out and ride and not yeah. worry about it. Lance, are you running inserts still on your gravel bike? Yeah, and then mountain bike too, right? Yeah, cross yeah. bike as well. Yeah, so you're all inserted up except for the road everything but the road bike and you have flats on the gravel bike at some point right you ever have to struggle with pulling stuff out and taking no. things apart knock on wood i've never everything do everything's that. good yeah. yeah what tire are you running on your gravel bike right I now i have uh 45 maxis ramblers you ran 45s yesterday yeah okay you yeah, were telling me that you wanted to run some 38s so i'm I thinking would, in my I, head like well he i guess he wants to go down from a 40 to a 30 i didn't no, realize I have 45s dual 45s yes front Ooh. and rear I have 45s on that bike because I've I've used it at Rebecca's Private Idaho, which yeah. has some really rowdy sections, yeah. and so I put them on that bike last year for that, and I've just left them on. Because I, bet it's, I bet it's more fun to ride those. Yeah, there's about 20 seconds yesterday. It's like, I'm the man. I got the best tire selection yeah. out of everybody right now. We'll get into that later, but... <laughs> I had like the... I had like the fastest time of every athlete down that one section. Oh, really? No that, surprise. That raced yesterday because that was on those tires. Also because you're like descending and you kind of have a laissez-faire attitude towards my health. Yes. Yes. Towards your, <laughs> towards your black eyes. <laughs> black eye level. Yes, I have a black eye. That's All right. Fun. My hot seat question can can be. I have like four of them now. So I keep hot. finding more. You gotta listen. Naked. My my uh my hot seat question can <laughs> Let be me take my pants off. Hold on. Would you guys ever consider um one of the new systems where you can adjust tire pressure? Oh absolutely. Ah, yes. One hundred percent absolutely is, yes on all my bikes. This is applicable because they were using these new systems at so, Perry Roubaix. They threatened to use them last year. The Jumbo year Visma yes. did use them, but only a few athletes on Jumbo Visma use them. Not Wout all of them. Wout said no. Wout said no. I I would 
that doesn't surprise me. Um, my take on after watching Perry Rouvet, it was kind how, of a... How did Wout lose that race? <laughs> okay. Wout did lose that race by flatting by with flatting. like 15K to go. Hmm. But he wasn't on that race. However, the three athletes that did have it... And all in the top 10? No. Okay. Uh, it was like a total failure. No, I thought that they had some... I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading no, they, this. They all ended up flatting and having to switch oh, wheels. Oh, really? And, it, was and all, it was a total failure. It just did not pan out they switched wheels huh. and they're like screw this switch wheels or had to switch bikes that didn't have the, the air system in it so yeah it just peru bay is a brutal race and and they you know they kind of thought that having this variable tire pressure yeah. system oh, it it's seems a it's great a, idea it's a great idea but it didn't it's it didn't pan failed. out okay so the system as it stands now you're like hell no well, I'm I'm not doing crazy crap like Peru Bay. Well, I think it would be it could potentially make a lot of sense on a gravel bike, like at a gravel. I would race. so put that on my gravel bike. How even, even clutch would that have been yesterday to have that? Really There's nice. so many times where you could have just because it was such a mixed match of it surfaces was. yesterday that you could have optimized for every single one of them. I I went with way higher tire pressure than I normally would have sure. yesterday because there was so much paved and it yeah. finished with a 10-mile paved section. Yeah. By high you mean like 40 something. Correct. Okay. Like I went 45 in the rear and 40 in the front where Which I normally, is a lot for a 45 mil tire. Yes. I normally would have yeah, ridden that's... like 27 and 30. So I went way way higher. Because I knew there was going to be all this paved section anyway. Okay. So like everything else, like tubeless tires, for instance, when they first came out, they were not perfect. Yeah. They had to go through a lot of revisions. They had to go through testing, and then they have slowly refined it over the course of time. That system will be – well, can you buy it? Could you and I buy it right now if we wanted to? Or is know. it still kind it of looks, a – I don't think so. I bet it's hard to find. So they've been, they've had this for a year. Because they were all, yes. they were threatening to use it last year, so theoretically, if they're threatening to use it, that they have like a grace period before it has to be publicly available mm. if it's going to be used in a pro race. So I think it would be available somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I think that once they get it all ironed out, and I I guess one thing I don't know is like how much of a weight penalty comes along with that thing. Yeah, it's, that setup. It seems to sit in the hub. The I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, I've seen pictures as well. I'm just not quite sure. So I'm sure, I'm sure that I'm sure there's a weight penalty. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight years from now, they'll have that thing pretty refined and it'll be pretty streamlined and it'll be very super clean. Yeah. I bet someday we look back at this picture and be like, oh man, that used to look pretty rough. Yeah, because what it looks like right now is like a, a, like a valve coming out. Tubes and then, coming down the spoke and then a, a valve. I on bet the, you a, bo- a, a buck that at some point in time that there won't be a valve stem. It'll actually be a spoke that they use and it'll come down the mm-hmm. spoke from the hub and that spoke will be specifically there to um, you know, work through the whole system of pushing air in and out and it'll allow you to uh, you know do what you got to do for the the race or the ride yeah. that you're doing at that point in time. And the fact that you can put air in and take it out, that's pretty special. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to work. But yeah, I mean, oh, there there you go. You see that you can see the hub and these pictures. I'm sure it adds weight. It has to. I'm sure it sure. adds weight. But some of these bikes, they're adding weight to them just to get them up to the legal True. UCI. So there's ways to compensate for that. Yeah. Probably batteries, you got chips to do some sort of wireless connectivity. Sure. Yeah. You got the head unit piece for the buttons. It's a it's it's gonna add a little bit of weight. There's no reason to ever use that 
on a TT bike, right? I mean, I can't think of any. No. I mean, I can't think of a course out there where. You, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really road and gravel and probably just, mountain bike eventually. You, for those, it's like pick your tire pressure for the road that you're racing. I think, yeah. I think for a gravel race like what you guys did, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. It's That would be very interesting to be able to flip. I mean, I'd love to have it be like there's just two switches, flip between two different tire pressures. Yeah, right. That would be interesting where it's like this is pretty much road. I can go 40 yeah. or this is pretty much mountain biking. I want to go 20 something. That'd be nice switch between those two so lance you're no dice on that no i would do it yeah i mean there's a weight penalty with it but it's gonna get better yeah Yeah. okay matt but but if it's i would love to play but if it's like two thousand dollars for it i would think twice yeah Yeah. Yeah. because i wonder how much that would cost now if it was out I'm sure well, someone's yelling. Do at you them. have to buy the full wheel? I mean, gosh, I don't know. Wheels aren't cheap. I bet you that you you build the wheel around this new hub or something. Yeah. Like a good entry level carbon wheel is going to be. We'll we'll leave Hunt out of this, but we'll say like you know eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and then you can go kind of as high as you want. Almost, I mean, there's zip wheels out there that are you know forty four hundred dollars, or if you want to yeah. go with the, the lightweights, those are like. Six thousand dollars. I mean, you can go pretty crazy. So, I'm pretty sure that that's going to just be a hub that can be married up to pretty much any wheel set. And I'm pretty sure that it's going to be one of those things that you could put it on one of those entry level wheels. So extra thousand bucks. bucks. Yeah, Uh, yeah. And then is it all wireless? Is that how that's working? It it seems to be. That's kind of cool. I mean, less wiring. I mean, as long as it works and it's reliable, it's extra switches on your on the handlebar. But yeah. Well, we don't have dropper posts on road bikes yet. I mean, that's a thing that's yeah, coming down the road. Yeah. So maybe we'll have a whole like dashboard cockpit thing. And oh, can you imagine just having a row of buttons <laughs> on your handlebar? <laughs> yeah, bike looking like Night Rider going down the street. I think that they should consider integrating all this into bike computers as well, yeah, right? Like you got SRAM that's got that owns Hammerhead Carew too. Yep. If they're like, yeah, you can control your tire pressure on this computer and your dropper post and your and your shifting. Yeah. Well, that would be very cool. Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, if you want to, you can just set it to automatically handle a lot of this stuff, except for your dropper post, because that would be startling. But yeah, yeah, that would be the that would be kind of crazy though, because like you know, if you're riding on uh, ride with GPS and you're looking at a route, it will show you all of the paved and and all of the off road yeah. sections, and it could technically pull from that and see that like, hey, uh, gravel's approaching. Would you like to adjust your tire pressure? Yeah, sure. Why not? That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Yeah. The other thing I think they're looking into, and again, this is like looking into the tea leaves of of what SRAM could do is uh, if they have power information that's that's can detect like how much chatter there is, yeah. then they can make some adjustments accordingly, Yeah. which is kind of an interesting cool. way. It's a different way than looking at GPS data. It's like looking at like live ride data, which yep. might be more fun. We'll see. Cool. You can adjust adjust suspension and things like that. Yep. So I like that. It's a good question, Matt. I've been I've been yeah. trying to so there's a company called Grava yeah. Caps. There's two companies, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to find a cost on it and I can't find yeah. one. They've they've teased it and they've released some, but they haven't said how much it is. <clears throat> I'm gonna guess that it's it's probably like two thousand dollars as of like prototype version, but now I think when it comes to market, that it'll end up being a thousand bucks. That's a lot, or maybe they'll try to slide under a thousand. And do you have some sort of CO two cartridge that you put into to the hub somehow? It? Like, yeah, how does that work? Question. All good questions. 
We need don't know. We need a YouTube channel that can explore this. <laughs> I think I might know somebody who would uh, we we do a nice little review There's on that. A couple channels. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that? No. You can pre-order it now. Hot. <laughs> Got a hot seat question for you, boys. You yeah. Ready? Ready. What is the worst mistake you've ever made in a race? <laughs> no. Ready? Oh, go. I need to think about that because there's probably lots of them. Oh, I got one for you. Triathlon, you put sunscreen on before the race, right? Okay. And you also put, you also like try to clear out your goggles, uh-huh. right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I smeared sunscreen on the inside of my goggles once right before like the gun went off and could not see had to pull my goggles off and swim without them as i was racing that was fine once i got the goggles off it was fine for the first i don't know 200 meters of the race it's ugly yeah just couldn't see anything interesting swimming around blind that's that uh, good. I, that's not where I was thinking that was going to go in terms of like the the question, but uh, that, that's okay. that's probably more of a tactical error than just about anything because that probably cost you a fair amount of time to oh, swim. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But it was I was fairly new to triathlon at the time. It's like all these things you have to learn by making mistakes. Like how come I couldn't just learn it by reading it somewhere or finding a YouTube channel that sure. told you all these things? I've also done the sunscreen on your forehead that drips into your eyes oh, yeah. and burns. Burns like hell. Yep. That I hate. Oh three grand. God. Holy cow. Well, I found it. 3,200 euros. 3,200 euros. What does so that equate out it, to? Is like 2,800 bucks or something? It includes the wheels. No, the euro and the dollar. What's the, they're, they're getting closer now, aren't they're they? They're pretty close. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's it's like three grand. Yikes. <laughs> Oof. But that does include yeah, the wheel set. It includes right. the wheel oh, set. Oh, does it? Okay. It includes what, the wheel set. What's the wheel? Is it their own proprietary yeah, wheel? Yeah. Is it alloy or gravel? Or not gravel, but uh, carbon? I don't know. It's made of plastic. <laughs> Sorry, I just derailed Jake's question as I was digging. No, it's all good. We wanted to know that. We did, yeah. So sunscreen in the eyes. Sunscreen in the eyes. Sunscreen in the no goggle. No bueno. Yep. In the, in, inside of your goggles is not good. I'll come up with something while Lance tells us a funny story. I have made hundreds so of race mistakes. errors. <laughs> <laughs> I um, It's difficult for me to remember um, right. the the bad memories, uh, other than like recent races, because I made a terrible mistake last weekend. But I'll, Ooh, I'll get go. to that. Last oh. weekend, huh? Last weekend. At the, yeah, at the bone crusher? At the mountain bike race. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I blew up. But um, the one that comes to mind first before that was the first ever triathlon I did. And triathletes make mistakes. I, yeah, and, and total newbie and rookie didn't really know. I got on the bike. And um, I caught up to somebody and sat on his wheel. I sat on his wheel. (laughs) I'm like, dude, this is way easier right here. I'm just going to sit here. And the dude was yelling at me. And I'm like, we're racing, dude. Shut up. What are you yelling at me for? It's because I was completely breaking the rules drafting. I didn't even know what drafting was or that it was illegal. I was a complete newbie. And I sat on the dude's wheel for like a mile before. He screamed at me enough that I figured it out. Figured it out and realized I was cheating. I did not mean to be cheating. I didn't know I was That's cheating. Totally. It didn't reasonable. matter anyway because I finished the bike and I started the run and and like a, like a sixty year old grandma ran past me yes. in the run. And I thought, <laughs> that happens. Beautiful. I hate I'm good sport. at this sport. <laughs> right. So uh, that's good. Um, I've made a few blunders in my day. The there was uh, the dirty circles. I remember doing that a few years ago. 
Okay, this was probably like maybe 2018, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll go back about five years ago. We're out there doing this race, and it was one of those where you, you get marked and anything you try and do, everybody sits right on your wheel. And you can't get away for nothing. And I, there wasn't too many other people in my race to, to you know shake it up and mix it up. And I remember just go and the whole field would go and then I would stop and no joke we would go from like 21 22 23 miles down or down to like 16 17 18 miles wow. an hour and nobody attacked the entire time and I remember towards the end of the race I'm like screw this there's probably like 500 meters to go and I'm like I'm just gonna attack from the outside and and just try and take this thing just to home long. yeah that didn't work out <laughs> so I had had I'd sat everybody in, been resting for 45 minutes you're not gonna get away if yeah. you jump like that yeah yeah and it, it was more out of frustration. So I guess I got frustrated and tried to do something instead of winning a race that I should have won easily. I, I think I ended up getting like fourth place, but that was mistake number one. But the other mistake that's probably the bigger mistake is still to this day was when we did the Jack Frost time trial last year. And I did it on a bike that that was the very first time I'd ever ridden said yep. bike. It, we just finished building it. Oh. And the fit wasn't perfect, but I'm like, all right, it's good enough. I'll go out there and I'll do my thing. And about, I don't know, a third of the way into it, I realized that my saddle was, or seat post was sliding down. And by the end of the race, it had gone down like an inch and a half to two inches. Oh, no. That's yeah. a lot. Don't ride a brand new bike for the very first time in a race. <laughs> That's just the stupidest thing that you no can do. No new things for race day. No. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. But Okay, so here's the major mistake I made last weekend at the Bone Crusher uh, mountain bike race. Uh, this was a 60-minute race, so it was a timed race, and there was it was a five-and-a-half-mile uh, loop that was m- mostly single track. And um, I did not pre-ride it. I did not know how long... The course, the the laps would take us, but I figured that the laps would be like 28, 29 minutes, and I was certain. I, I didn't think about it. This this was the mistake I made. I didn't think about it. I figured there would only be would only be doing two laps, right? That um. would be about a sixty minute race, and. I came through the first lap and I had a lead at that point. I had like a, I don't know, like a 20 second lead on my compatriots. And I came through the first lap in like 23 minutes and it still didn't register in my brain. So I do the whole second lap with this lead and I extended it to like almost a minute. So I had almost a minute lead on second place. And I came through for that second lap thinking, I got this in the bag. It's all good. I went pretty hard the last quarter of that lap because I thought, I've got this. And I rolled down to where you go right to the finish line or you go left on another lap. And they pointed me left. And I'm like, what? What? Are are we doing another lap? And he's like, yep. I'm like, whoa. Damn it. (laughs) At least you didn't like go to the finish line. I mean. You've seen track athletes, yes. right? Where they miscounted laps and they right. finish a race and they just, and then like the race keeps going. Right. And they're like, uh, we miscount. So I was, I was gassed a little bit, yeah, yeah. you know, going through this last uh, little bit. At the last little bit. And, and so my third lap, I, it was like 40 seconds slower than the other two laps. It wasn't a whole lot slower, but a dude caught me because I had like, I had like played my card already. Yeah. And he ended up sitting on my wheel for the last 10 minutes of the race. And uh, Sucker out-sprinted me at the end. I literally lost the race by like two feet, like half a wheel length. It was 
super close. So I completely blew it. Yes. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. So that was a that was a mistake. Good. Just not figuring that it would be three laps. Why wouldn't it be three laps? It should have been three laps. I just like I just blew it. Yeah. Sometimes just, you just like decide something and then you don't think to question it. Yeah. You're just like, yep, could two laps probably. <laughs> right. Any yeah. other mistakes you've made, Matt? I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I mean, I'm pretty much perfect. Okay. Yeah. So also that true. sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the... I've got one other one, but I'm going to save it for my backpedal. Okay. Lance, any other mistakes? So you said you had hundreds of them. Come on, tell us another story. I, I feel like I shouldn't be sharing my dirty laundry, so mm. I think that's enough mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, should we just move along then? Let's move yeah. along. Always Woo-hoo. good to make things move a little fa- faster, especially when you guys have longer back pedals. Uh, yeah, not and too shabby. My back pedal can be pretty quick. Cool. Um, do we want to back pedal first? Do you want to do uh, call Champ news? Bailey in the room here and see what he's got going on? We can, we can Champ Bailey it up. You want Champ, to Champ Bailey? See if he's here. Is he see in the house? Around. Nope. He's not in the house? <laughs> yeah, Champ Bailey is Champ here. Bailey, top five? I think top he's five. in the top five discussion. I mean, he's I'm still not in top five? Crazy Hall, of Famer? Top Hall of Famer? Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. No. I was no. top five this weekend, but that wasn't Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey. That was geriatric Lance Hepley. <laughs> Champ Bailey, what's up, dude? <laughs> All right, so uh, lots of races. We've already talked about a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, Paris-Roubaix, which we didn't ever get a chance to talk about. It ended up being the Matthew Vanderpool show. Yeah. Um, but... It really was shaping up to be another Vanderpool Wout showdown, and Wout flatted right. with wah, wah, with wah, yeah wah. with like ten with like fifteen k to go, yeah. and he it looked that, like it was, was going to be a duel between it those was. two. Now what's crazy is that that segment he probably flatted halfway through that last cobble segment that he flatted on, and he still got the Strava KOM what on oh, a flat wow. tire. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So he was drilling it, but he knew they couldn't change the you know thing until he got there. And so, anyway, Vanderpool ended up winning. It was brilliant. His teammate uh, Jasper Philipson, who is a great sprinter, ended up coming in with Wout and out sprinted Wout. So right. uh, Alpeson took first and second with Vanderpool and Philipson, and Wout took third. So Wout was frustrated. But that's now crazy. this is in the velodrome finish and. How many laps around the velodrome is it before? Is it like one and a half? One, one and a half. half. Yeah. So, like, when you've been there, I have. <laughs> I've ridden my little weird bike on the velodrome. Yeah. So, when Vanderpool finished, you could see Wout and Jasper in the background. They still had another lap to they go. They had right? another lap yeah. to yeah. go. Yeah. And, there's and a cool picture. There's of that. a really cool picture because it looks like they're ten yards back, and yeah. Phillips has got his hand in the air, like, "Yeah, you've got it." But they still had to go Good another run. lap. And, I'm well. Jasper's no slouch when no, it comes dude, to sprinting. He's a so phenomenal sprinter. Yeah. yeah. So it was. Lance, when you race on the velodrome, there. <laughs> See, I just tee this up. When you when you've ra- you've raced basically the same course. I've raced basically the same course. I I did except I went the wrong direction on the velodrome. Yeah. <laughs> Details. <laughs> That was that was that was when, that you're, was when cool. you're sprinting for the line in this race, you usually like to go high. <laughs> yeah, you go high and then, and then cut low. Cut, cut low. Yeah, and, yeah you okay. use that momentum from dropping okay. down. Just got to be careful bank. on those 16 inch tires, though. Yes, yeah, we need your we need your professional <laughs> opinion. The the women's Paris-Roubaix race was fantastic yeah. as yeah. well. It was really great. A little bit shorter than the men's race. Is this the first year that they've done that? It's the third year. Third year. Yeah. But it seems like they're getting better coverage. Yes, now. they are getting better coverage, and it's exciting racing. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch. It's been really good. Was um, there any upsets? Uh, yeah. So, um, 
Allison Jackson, who is Canadian. Mm -hmm. um, teammate of? Teammate of Clara, Clara Hansinger. Hansinger. Local, she, yep. Yep. So, and Clara was actually in yep. the race as she well. She was. She wow. did Paris Roubaix as well with the team. And um, Allison Jackson, she's really quite famous because uh, she she's on TikTok and she does dances. Oh, really? <laughs> she does all these like bike dances and dance things on TikTok. She's hilarious. Okay. So she's a she's a fun person to follow on TikTok and on on Instagram uh -huh. because she's just the same engaging. Yeah. She's just a riot. Yeah. But, but anyway, uh, Allison Jackson got into the break, and the break survived. So luckily, the the break uh, survived, and Allison Jackson actually ended up sprinting for the win. And it was just she wasn't picked she, to you know do well, and she ended up winning the race. It was just super exciting. She and was just, beside herself, like the, the look on her face when she crossed over and she had won was like, "Oh my god, did that just happen? I can't, I can't believe this!" <laughs> and she immediately stopped and got off and, and did a dance. dance. Yep, <laughs> it was just it was so great for to all watch. her fans. Yep. So that was that was really exciting. Who was the one that went down when they were going in the velodrome? Oh, did you watch the, the slow-mo replays of all that stuff? They called it the phantom ghost crash or something like that. Like the girl in front of her kind of like hesitated, something happened, and like she was like maybe a little too much weight up front. It looked like she just grabbed way too much front handbrake or front wheel. And just her front wheel just slid out. Like nobody touched her and she like flew Boom. over the bars and flapped. No, that was that was unfortunate. That was unfortunate. She was the one that was kind of the the predetermined, like going to outsprint everybody at the line winner. Yes. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry, but it wasn't, um, wasn't Vollering, was it? Maybe I don't I, know. I don't know. I'd, I'd be lying if I said yes or yep. no, or <laughs> that I even knew. But I went back and watched it. I watched that on the the uh, Lantern Rouge channel. You went through that whole thing. It was like a six or seven minute video trying to determine what happened. Why did she oh. go down? And it was the the girl that was in, in front leading at the time had like Katie uh, Lottie Kopecky. Okay, Lottie Kopecky. That's yeah. who it was. The, the girl in front of her had some momentary something happen. I don't know exactly what it was. And she just like got spooked and grabbed a bunch of front brake and just flew over the bars. It was pretty unfortunate, but literally right with, with a lap to go in the velodrome. Yeah, but watching that, like I'm like 300 meters. How did nobody hit her? She's in the middle of a pack. And how did she go down? And like, who reacts like, I don't know. It was just, it was unfortunate. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, I agree. What else? Uh, okay, so that was last weekend. Uh, yesterday we had um, Amstel Gold race, which is also uh, a fantastic race. This one's not in Belgium. It's in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And um, Pogaccia was in the race. Tom Pidcock was in the race. Um, and Pogaccia just, just ran away with it. Just drilled to the last Like he does. Like yeah. What was crazy was Pogaccia drills it. Um, Pidcock goes with him. Yeah. And stays with him for like five minutes, and then all of a sudden, Pidcock just like drops. I don't. I I couldn't tell if Pidcock exploded or if Pogacha just said. I think he. I'm gonna shift into I another gear. I think he gear. digged in a little bit more. <laughs> well, I watched an interview with Pidcock after the race, and he's like, "I just I, I cracked." He's like, "I I, I gave it, it all I could. I I went as hard as I could, yeah. and he just rode away from me." Yeah. So he said that like when when he Pogacha went that he just like. He goes and he goes so so hard. Yeah. Some, there's some sort of quote somewhere in the so Zola news or somewhere. Really, it, that was a fun race to watch too. And then there's this guy that just popped up this week, uh, Ben Healy, an Irishman from EF Education First. 
Uh, he ended up taking second. He actually dropped Pidcock. Him and Pidcock got together for a bit, and then he ended up dropping this Pidcock. Is after he had gotten dropped. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, and Ben Healy. I'm guessing that he, so he took just second. Went to the well, on that. Right. He took second at Amstel Gold, and then he took second at the race on Wednesday. Um, Bropstam Phil or something like that. It's another Belgian cobble race. Hmm. And I was watching that one because it went through Overise, the town in Belgium where Brandy and I saw the the um, cross race. The cross race. Yep. And. There's this hill that they climbed like five times, a cobbled hill that Brandy and I rode up and down like five times. So wait, I'm oh, like, wow. Brandy, come look at there's the hill we walked <laughs> That's up and so down. That's so cool. Yeah, so that was that was kind of cool. And Ben Healy ended up second in that race too. But he's a real deal. Yeah. So it was kind he's of having a good little he had this a good is like week. a breakout. He had a breakout. Re- a breakout. Week. But I mean you could say two that, big races. You could say two that world this tour like, races. You could say like, this is a season for him. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna do world like if he's gonna do any of the bigger races in the summer i have yeah. no idea he probably I, will he'll be on some sort of support team who knows he's kind of like he's for he, ef right he he rides for ef you kind of want to cheer for him because you, well, we all like the team the whole i think we like the ef team we do but it, but when he's racing he looks like he's freaking suffering and in like severe pain whereas most of these guys hide it yeah and he's just like nope this is a death march and i'm death marching for you and i don't care if you all see it and so here we go. Anyway. Hopefully we see more things from him in the future. That'd yep. be great. My hot seat question was going to be, is Pojakar like unbeatable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, he too, is he too hot right now before the hot. summer tour? I mean, All right, who, he's fit. Who comes into a season? And, and <sighs> This is ridiculous. This is his 11th win of the season. Yeah. 11th. Has he lost a race that he's been in? I yes. I mean, maybe a stage race. He's he's lost a couple of the stage, but he won. He races. won GC in all of the races that he entered that were stage races. Correct. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's un, he's unstoppable, man. I just don't. I mean, like you look at that race, that Amstel Gold race. It looked like he could win anytime he, you wanted uh, to. He was fourth at Milan San Remo. Overall? Yeah. In GC? Yeah. Oh. Well, Milan San Remo this is, is, a, is one a, day. Oh, wait. One I'm day. sorry. Sorry. I was thinking of something remember, else. Remember yeah. uh, um, Vanderpool attacked at the top of the Poggio, right. yeah. and and he couldn't go that. with him. Yeah. It's like Tom Pitcock, and um, there's a handful of other guys, but these are like superstar cyclists, yeah. Yeah. and they're like in a different league. And we, we're, we're looking at, like, between Pogaccia, Wout Van Aert, and Matthew Vanderpool. Like, this is, a, like, a once-in-a-generation kind of a thing. And and once-in-a-lifetime or ever thing to see three cyclists at that caliber who are pretty much going out winning anything that they step into in racing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty nice I mean, to watch. that will change a little bit when we get to the, the Grand Tours. I mean, that's a, a different can MV, of worms. But. MVP is clearly the weak link on the Grand Tour stage, whereas Wout is phenomenal. Well, we'll see. I, I mean, MVP, he wore yellow for a couple days. Couple days. It's not and like he he's won a, a couple. He, he won a couple know, stages. And then he, he three weeks. Went to go crash mountain bikes. And then he only did the first week of <laughs> yeah. the tour and went to... To prep Crash for the Olympics, bikes. and he crashed. It's going to be back. really fun to see some of this stuff this summer. Yes, it will. It will be very fun. Tune in to the podcast. because We're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to do a yeah. live podcast for sure. And the 
you know, I, we'll, I don't know what else we're going to do. We'll have some fun stuff. We'll do, we'll talk about it for three or four weeks or yeah. five weeks or a decade. Who knows how long we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll definitely be talking about the tour. Crazy. Anything else there, Champ, Champ out. Champ Bailey <laughs> out. Anything in the triathlon world you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. We need Evan for that. Heather Jackson. I was Heather, just going to oh, say, you guys are going to talk about Heather Jackson? Heather Jackson. trying to set you up for that. Yeah, she won the Belgian she, waffle this, this, ride. She's not a triathlete anymore. It's not, it's not part of the triathlon talk. She is retired from triathlon, and now she uh, she was she's a former professional triathlete. Yep. She's been on the extended podium at, at uh, Kona she has before. Won, yes, she has probably been, I think, I don't know exactly what top, her top place top, is. She might have been third been at 10, one point. She's been top 10 a few she times. She has won Ironman races in the past. Yep. She's won Arizona a couple of times. I mean, so she's like an Ironman champion. She's a big, big deal. But she has shifted to gravel. She's done with triathlon. Yep. And uh, she's in the Lifetime Grand Prix Fitness this year. So she's the seven-race series. It's a seven-race series this year instead of a six-race series. She is in the seven-race series, and she did Belgian Waffle Ride, which is not part of that. But she ended up winning. So I wonder how she'll do in that series. There's usually some hitters that show up yeah, there's money. on the women's side in that San Diego Belgian waffle ride. So um, Izzy King was there yeah, um, and was on her wheel or not far from her um, for most of the race. And then with like 30 miles to go, she got a sidewall cut tear oh. that ended. The day? It, she ended up fourth. Okay. She so she, she got a repair. But, but, she had, but she like had to go and like. And, ha- and have it booted it and tubed yep, and yep. yeah, it was a whole. That's thing. unfortunate. Yeah, we had some uh, some teammates and some friends down there too. Chris Surratt yeah. went down and did the uh, the long uh, the hundred and thirty mile race. Yeah. How did it go for him? Do you know? Um, I know that he finished it, which okay. was his intention, Finishes and I don't win, know more than that. David Goodman was down there. David and Goodman went. David Bussey was down he, there. He to finish this to win, and, and David Goodman did not finish. He broke his handlebar. Oh. It didn't crash. It no, broke. he didn't it crash. Just failed on him. He just broke his handlebar. Hmm. And interesting. That was the end of his day. I have a bunch of other friends that were down there too. But oh yeah, uh, that's right. Just because I know a ton of people down in that neck that's, of the woods, yep. and they all said it was a fun ride. So fun times. Fun times. What you looking up there, Lance? I was trying to find out who who the. Winners and the losers winners were the women, but it's it's being difficult. Yep. Uh, the men's BWR race was won by Russell Finsterwald, uh-huh. um, who spent the whole uh, winter in Tucson training with uh, Keegan Swenson. Is he the one that we saw up there? Then you called him one thing. I I called him Finsty because that's his nickname. And it who's that a hole? It wasn't <laughs> Finsty. It was Tobin Ortenblad. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, funny. I thought it was Finsty, but it wasn't. Do we pass Finsty on the uh, bike paths we, going way too fast ever? We did not. We okay. passed Alexi Vermeulen, who took second. There you go. <laughs> we didn't pass Finsty anyway. Oopsie. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Anything else? That's it. All right. Let's do some backpedaling. Matt, you want to go first? I always like to go first because my backpedal is, well, weaker than yours, I guess. <laughs> but I rode outside a couple of times. I'm testing a lot of bike computers. I actually have... Um, the Stages L200, Stages-L200 that I want to make a video about, even though I don't think anyone is interested in that bike computer. No comment. And I also don't think that, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to watch that video, but I'm still going to make it. I'm still going to make it. The content's content, right? Eh. 
<laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah. So that, um, and I've done some running. My quads are super sore. That's good. I did five mile run yesterday in Corvallis because I was down there for a swim meet. Uh huh. Or swim, well, not really a swim meet, but it was a swim camp thing. Okay. So we drove down there early in the morning, started the swim camp thing, and I found a trail. And of course, when you don't know where you're going, you sometimes find fun trails. Yeah. It was a th- over a thousand, like 1,100 feet of climbing, and it was out and back. So two and a half miles, there was like 11 and a half. I mean, it was just so much climbing. Oh my God. My quads hurt so bad today. I went running this morning again to try to loosen everything up. But like, if you see me limp out of here, it's because stupid amount of climbing yesterday. <laughs> it was so steep. Corvallis. I thought Corvallis was going to be fairly flat, but in the north, there's some pretty good climbing. If you guys are looking for mountain biking to do or whatever. Yeah, we've got some teammates that live down that yeah, way, right. and they rave about the mountain biking down there, and you've probably done some riding down there too, Lance. I have done some riding down there, yeah. uh, but it's mostly out of Blodgett, which I, those trails aren't open year-round. They just have them for mm-hmm. the Mudslinger race. But there are some good... There is some good riding around there. I just had yeah, Chris Ratt and so. Scott Carroll and yep. a few other f- people that we know in that neck of the woods. They get down there and ride there, mountain bikes all the time. There's a loop just outside of Corvallis that they both do like like once a week. Okay, it seems like so. All right, some decent riding. It was the trails were gorgeous. I'll show you guys pictures later, but it was like fantastic. And just paying the price for it today. So love it. And it was good. And I've been swimming pretty decently. Yeah. Yep. So there's that. Did you ride your bike this past week? Yeah. A lot. I rode with Enough. David Goodman once. All right. Again, I'm I'm still trying to test a lot of bike computers, and then I rode by myself once or twice. Again, I'm like, I'll literally just go out the door and just try to like get, you know, you know, five to ten miles, and just trying to get some video of like mm-hmm. what Hill Climber Pro looks like or Climb yeah. Pro feature. How's it compared to the Bolt or whatever? Gotcha. So trying to get video stuff made, right. and so yeah, so I've been out a couple times. Like it. Yep. Race reports. Lance Hepler backpedal. <laughs> uh, okay, I already told my terrible story of the Bone Crusher mountain bike race where I miscounted laps and I got caught at the line. And Yes, you did. But there was also another race that you did the day before that. <laughs> yeah. And there was a little story that happened in there, too, that I think the audience would quite enjoy. <laughs> okay, so there was a short track race. Uh, so mountain bike short track race, only a 20-minute race. Um, I lined up with the B group because they only had an A group, a B group, and a C group race. So no age groups, no nothing, just if, you know, and I lined up with the B group because I'm, I'm racing the other, the cross country races with the, the B group, the B group, uh, the cat twos, not the cat ones. And I immediately got crap (laughs) from everybody around because they're like, Hepler, what are you doing in here? I'm like, I I don't know. I this I, I haven't raced short track in a long time. And last year I was terrible. Anyway. So um you ice cream sandwich. Sandbagger. Yes. I did get many sandbagging comments and it was hilarious. And I actually encouraged them because it was it was funny. I also got many comments from people later on that said, dude, Hepler, you're not sandbagging. You're in the right spot. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Just, Forget the haters, man. Just yeah. forget all the haters. Is that so, how Brandy's talking these days? I don't know. Those are my, those <laughs> Just are my, my New Jersey friends. All right. Anyway, anyway. so uh, short track race starts. Whistle blows. Two guys get out in front of me. Uh, we're on this double track. Right before we get in the single track, I make a move um, to get into the single track first. 
And that was the race, basically. <laughs> I was gone. As soon as I hit the single track, I was gone. I had like a 45-second lead on everybody else. Um, it was four laps, and um, the course had two man-made features. There was, a, there was a flyover, a wood flyover that went over, and then there was a, a set of wood rollers. So, That's like, cool. Yeah, so like three rollers all made out of wood that you kind of had to, to fly over. Pump track it, yeah. yeah. Like pump track it, but they were big, and they weren't really that smooth. They weren't like, they weren't like, Roll, they, they weren't, weren't like symmetrical. A, they weren't <laughs> symmetrical. They were like hard angles, sure, like like hexagon shaped angles instead of like round. Mm-hmm. And so, um, by the time I got to the last lap, I had like a forty five second lead, and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna freak, I'm gonna just rip over these rollers. I've been smoking it, you know. This oh, last, boy. I was feeling really good because I'm way out in front, even though I was sandbagging the race. And so I come into this, I came into the last set way too hot, and I hit the first wood roller, completely sailed over the the hump, landed right on my front wheel, endoed, went right over my bars, oh. somersaulted. I wonder but- why you're, you have a black eye. <laughs> we'll never why. know. We'll never we'll know. We'll never know. I ripped Delight all bruise, this yeah. skin off my shin. Uh, we I flipped off onto the side. I jump up, and I'm like, my ankle's twisted and my, my back is hurting because I landed right on my butt. Uh, yeah, I crashed terribly hard. And you were on a brand new bicycle. I was on a brand new bike, which I put a scratch in the top tube on. You've ridden that bike, what, about six times yeah, now? Yeah, something you like crashed that. crashed like three? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah that's correct. That sounds about because right. Because that's what you do on mountain bikes. <laughs> uh, luckily, um, I was able to jump back on the bike and finish the race and the guys in second place didn't catch me and so i still ended up winning the race even though i finished the rest of the race with my handlebars crooked and there was a whole jump line that you went over you're giving them a handicap right yes yeah, so i'm going over the jump line with my handlebars crooked thinking i'm gonna freaking die i'm gonna kill myself on this is anyway so that's why I miscounted laps the next day uh-huh. and rung your bell a little bit, and, little and rung my bell. <laughs> I did hit my head. I hit my head and my back, and like I couldn't walk on my right foot because I sprained my ankle somehow Ooh, on you it. You gotta be careful, man. I know, but <laughs> whatever. So I won that race. Good on you. Yeah, but so you got a first and a second out there in the desert. I or did. The, the, was it Madras? Is that where that it was? was at? In Madras or Madras? Yeah. Yeah, and I think somebody said uh, the reason you endoed is because you had all that sand in your back pockets. <laughs> uh, that's, that's why you endoed, because <laughs> I blew it. Anyway, it was pretty funny. Uh, that's it. So, and, oh, and then um, we had a great week here, and Jake and I did this gravel race yesterday, but I'm going to let Jake tell that no, story. No, you tell your story. I want to hear your perspective. Okay. You fun? Dude, we had a blast. So this was the Goldendale Grand Fondo. This is a Grand Fondo. It is okay. not, a, not race. a race. It is not a race. Because you guys don't race whenever you go out riding anyway. So, <laughs> so it's not a race. It just had race results. It had, had race, race results. Result, race numbers. Race numbers. And it was timed. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, and, and they actually ranked you, you know, and gave you split times, you know, oh, wow. from, you know, whatever. But it's not a race. But it's not a race. Um, I wonder if that has to do with insurance. <laughs> it, it might. It might. Yeah. And and quite frankly, there was a so 
Jake and I and Ian Gibson and Don Schloth and, and, and Emily Tabersky and Garrett Tabersky get some yeah. people to. Yeah, we all showed up and we did the forty-five mile version. There's a ninety-mile race. Pardon me. Vent. Vent. Uh, Grand Fondo. And there's a forty-five mile uh, Grand Fondo. Medio. Yeah. And we all did the the Medio version. And this is in the state of Washington. It was on the Washington State Bicycle Association's calendar, not on the Oregon one. So a lot of Oregon people didn't probably know about it or realize Correct. it was coming up. Um, but uh, we went out and did this. And Do you guys feel like you worked together as a team? Uh, drilled it? A few oh, times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we really did. So Our field had 100 people in it. We had 100 people in it. I didn't recognize hardly any other names. We had no idea who was in it, if any of them were fast, if there was going to be whatnot. But me and Jake and Ian decided that we were going to just drill it. We yeah. were going to go full Sounds gas, right. yep. treat it like a race, try to go as hard as we can. And Is there any other people that were like, I'm going to go with these guys? Yeah. So you guys were leading yeah, the it was group. A, it was but... a neutral rollout out of town because okay. getting through town, there was like, you know, cross streets and stop signs and yeah. things of that nature. And we're just trying to be safe. And it was the right thing to do. And then as soon as we leave town, there's a... Well, it was a slat, gradual little uphill, yep. and then the truck pulls off, and then it was a six-mile climb? Six-mile climb. So it started with a six-mile climb. If all there's neutral rollout, we, it's not an event. Right. <laughs> right. Well, he was trying to get us through town I get, safely. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, which was fine. But, yeah, he pulled off, honked his horn, which meant game yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we hit it. So it starts with the six-mile climb. It was all paved. But it wasn't steady. It was kind of rolling. rollers. Yeah. What were you guys wattage wise for that first six miles? Where do you think you're you're going? So we over three hundred watts. Literally, yeah, we yeah. were we were buttoned to the the, the back of that truck. We were there was me, yeah, sure. Lance, Ian, and then Don. Don. And All four it, of us. Right there, like literally, like I'm like I'm way too close to this truck because I'm gonna die of like exhaust inhalation and just it was just it was kind of stinking back there. But he rolled off and then it was us. And if you look back, there was the four of us and 96 other people. Correct. Yeah. And then he goes away and we start going up the hill. And my watts were a little bit higher than they probably should have, but I felt fine. And we were kind of taking turns. It was myself and Lance, and um, I think Ian, Don probably. ended up falling off a little bit. But and then Ian was in there, and then there was a uh, like one other guy's name was Tim from the Tri Tri Cities area. Yep. And okay. it, we were kind of like rotating. Like I would fall back, and I was waiting for because I could see a bunch of wheels still behind me. I'm like, well, aren't these guys going to come through and take a pole, put their nose yeah. in the wind? They didn't want to because I think we're maybe pushing a little bit harder than they wanted to. And by the time we get to the top of the climb, I took a peek back expecting to see 30 or 40 people thinking, nah, we probably, you know, whittled it down. Whittled yeah. it down a little. There was what, eight? Six. Six. Six other people. <laughs> There's the three of us and six other people or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. We, 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 we showed our hand immediately. Yeah. Because as soon as the climb started, me, Jake, Ian, we're just trading poles the whole way up this climb, except this Tim guy took a couple poles. Yeah. And we got like a mile into the climb, and I turn around and take a look, and there's 20 people with us. And we go another mile and a half up the climb, and I turn around, and there's 10 people with us. And I yeah. realized, okay, this is, you know, wheedling it out. So we get to the very top of the climb and there was only six other people with us. So there was like nine of us total. And so then there was a 10-ish mile downhill, partially gravel, partially paved coming off this climb. And um, 
Jake, Ian, and I, we uh, we took turns attacking the field, just trying to soften. Pop. A, yep, we're trying to pop people. There's off. There's only a couple of people in the field, though. So you're just, just seeing if you could drop in. The, there's correct. three three people that you guys were seeing. Yeah, in an ideal world, you get rid of everybody, and it's just the three just of us. Three, we yeah. work to the finish, and then it's a one, two, three. It's yeah. what we were hoping we, sure. was that the three of us could stay together and drop everybody else, and then just finish it together. So, um, Still early. yeah. So on that downhill, that 10 mile downhill, we lost, uh, three, f- we lost three other riders. So it ended up only being six people total. Okay. Yeah. But it was a blast because Jake attacked and me and Ian just sat there and finally somebody went to the front to pull Jake back and we all just sat on the wheel and we pulled Jake back. And as soon as we got back to Jake, Lance I attacked. Yeah. <laughs> And you know they 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 have to recover a little bit, and then some you know, goes, somebody yeah. goes to pull me back, and that was the whole point of those attacks was just to someone was cursing Dial's name. Yes, mm-hmm. they're yes, like, this is we, not a race, guys. This we, is not a race. We were we were definitely racing it. So uh, we we get down to the bottom of the long hill, and then there's there was like a two mile climb in the middle of it. And it was on a farm road that was dirt farm road. Yeah. So it wasn't even gravel. And it was uphill. And uh, I detached a little bit. I couldn't stay with the group. Uh, let me let me be clear. I This is probably the first time I can remember that I was able to do like a six-mile climb and actually stay with the likes of Jake and Ian. Yeah, Ian's strong. In, that, yeah. in that first six miles. I actually... And I, I was working hard. I was going, you know, 90%, but... I was just super pleased that I was able to stay with the group on that first six mile climb. So that just kind of bodes well for me. But of course we get to this other two mile climb and I, uh, I couldn't quite stay with these guys. Um, and there was one, there was one guy who was with us. So it ended up being only five people up front, me, Jake, Ian, this guy from, from, uh, Tim from Tri Cities and some other guy that never once took a pull. Good, good on that guy. Yeah, so he, he knows he's racing. He I'm was gonna, he dude, was playing his card, play, hang out in the dial he's team like, and dude, take a whole bunch of pulls. There's three dialed guys here. I'm not taking yeah. a pull. He never went to the front. But what happened is he got popped yep. on the gravel climb, and these and the other three guys got away. Jake, Ian, and Tim got away. He got popped, and I was able to stay with him. And then he was super motivated to get back on. Get back on, and I'm like, well, I, there's no chance I'm going to the front there. I'm not going to pull you back to my teammates. So not that it would have mattered. I just I sat on his wheel, and he like worked hard. Was he? Did he give you a look? He did not. No, he, I think he. Down. I think he, he knew did, the he thing. Got it. Yeah. He's like, I'm like, dude, my teammates are up there. I'm not going to pull you back to my teammates. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you want to go, you got to. Yeah, there was the the course, the the ride with GPS that he had on there was different than the actual route itself. There was a section oh. in there where we were supposed to. The the, the route says that you're going to continue to go on straight, and then the, the arrow was pointing to go to a right. And at that point, um, I think I was up front, and I kind of had my nose down, kind of putting in some work. And then all of a sudden, I hear Ian and Tim go, whoa, you know, I look up, and I, I just as I see the little red turn sign go by me, I'm like, 
GPS says to still go straight. Yeah. And I remember you telling me, I'm like, ah, crap, this must this be that. Spot. That must be the spot. So yeah. we all slowed down. And then uh, Ian totally missed a turn. It was one of those little triangular intersections where he had to go up a little bit further. And he rode back to yeah. catch up to us. And I rolled over a grassy knoll. And then Tim just kind of all waited for each other. And it was in that moment that you guys really effectively came, came back, back to us because you guys were working pretty hard. Well, the other guy was working. Thing. He was working pretty hard. <laughs> and he pulled Lance back in. That's so. nice, though. But granted, I, I had to do some work just to stay on his wheel because he put in some digs did he okay yeah he put in some big digs and i uh, think he was hoping to drop, drop you me, yeah that makes sense but i was able to stay on his wheel yeah. so we caught you guys and then so then it was just five of us and it there's it ends up there's right along a wind farm uh right on the edge of the columbia river gorge up on the rim there was a rowdier gravel section with like big nasty rocks and yeah. boulders and like a, a tricky downhill and then a sh- steep uphill and then a like bombing gravel descent and um jay tim the other guy just got off away from well i knew that that was coming up and i'm thinking to myself because i'd already watched him do a little bit of descending before and he wasn't crushing by any means at all and if there was twice on two of the previous longer descent gravel sections, I went blown by him because he was a little bit more timid on those. He wasn't like a slouch by any means at all, but he just, he wasn't... He wasn't killing it. He wasn't killing it. So yeah. I'm like, all right, if he gets away from me right here, if I can keep myself maintained, I know that Lance has told me about these rowdy sections coming up. I'm like, I will just let the brakes go and I will let my yeah. size... Like he's using watts per kilogram to his advantage to, to climb up yeah. this because he's a smaller guy. He probably went weighed... 160 pounds yeah. at most. Yeah. And he put out some decent watts and like he's going to climb a little bit faster. I mean, I could have kept up with him if I wanted to, but I didn't know how that was going to affect me for the rest of the race. So I let him get a little bit of a gap, but I knew that I was never going to let him get beyond a certain point. So mm-hmm. I wanted to keep that yeah. rubber band attached, knowing that I'd have that downhill section. And sure enough, we crested, we get over the top and he gets down. He's decent bit of space ahead of me at that point in time. By the time we got to the bottom of that and it starts to roll up, I'm on his back wheel again. Yeah, right there. Yeah. 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 Climbing up to that ridge, um, I lost contact with all of you guys. So I was fifth on the road at that point. So uh, you and Tim and Ian all got away. And that other guy who pulled me back, he stayed a little longer with you guys, but he didn't stay with you guys. Yeah. So, but by the time we hit that rowdy section where it was steep downhill and then a steep uphill, I blew past him. Yeah. Because I caught him really quickly. And then I knew there was a gravel descent coming, which is kind, kind of my thing. And on that gravel descent, I caught Ian. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, fantastic. I've caught Ian. Him and I can work together, hopefully, to try to bridge back up to, to Jake and Tim and at this point, we were uh, we were a minute behind you, I think. I'm not quite sure. I do know that when we crested the second hill, I probably should have worked a little bit harder to stay with him. But again, I knew that all right, what goes up has to come down. And yeah. I knew that there was another gravel descent. And I remember Lance kind of walking me through the, the route ahead of time. And I knew that it was going to be mostly flat, mostly paved road to get back and i'm like right, i know i can time trial and i think i can catch this guy on that and i know that i've got the the gravel descent and i know that i can catch him on those for sure right and he he crested and he he pushed a little bit harder on that second downhill section and okay i still put time back into him but as soon as we got down onto the the flat roads 
it wasn't an easy chore to bring him back in. And there was a couple of times where I was getting closer to him, but I watched him like every 10, 15, 20 seconds, rubbernecking back, taking Turn a look back. And, look. and every time he saw that I was getting closer, he put in another big dig. And I'm like, dang it. He's he's like, he's paying attention. He's like, I can't, because it's all flat, long, straight road. And all you have to do is take a look back and you can see exactly see where the guy's at. So there's no hiding, you know, no. there's no way to like, kind of like disguise yourself and make it not look like you're as close as you are. Anyway, the, and so it finished with that ten mile section, yeah, and it was it was rolling kind of, but very straight, and so Ian and I were together, and I'm like, okay, and it there was a nasty crosswind at this point, mm-hmm. so and it started to rain also at this point, uh-huh. so it got a little gross out, gross out, and Ian and I we traded poles for twenty minutes trying to bring you guys back and we realized um like seven miles into this 10 mile section that we weren't going to catch you and the guy behind us wasn't going to catch us and so we sat up <laughs> <laughs> we we're like okay forget it let's just roll in together he's like yeah i'm totally fine with that so uh yeah so so anyway jake ended up uh, up with Tim uh, battling out for the win, and Ian and I rolled across the finish line, you know, arm in arm together at the same time. We we kind of said, no, we're not going to sprint it out. We're just going to come across together. Because it wasn't a race. Because it wasn't a race. <laughs> what ha- All right, Jake, for for your backpedal, what happened in the rest of the, the well, last okay, 10 so miles? Okay, t- so that last 10 miles, and go You know ahead. what? I... I neglected to tell you that I suspected where the finish line was going to be, and I didn't tell you that before the race. So th- this is my going back to our hot seat, like big mistakes that you made. Okay. Not knowing an unknown route well enough. And there's plenty of technology out there to to know. And the route was, it was sold as a 45-mile route, right? Right. I'm assuming that we're going back to close to where we started from. And the, the section, it's a long long straight road right mm-hmm. and it's rolling in headwinds and sidewinds and crosswinds and rain and like you're just working and i was slowly bringing him back in he probably had maybe at one point in time upwards of a minute on me and by the time we get to the finish line or you know it i think he beat me by 22 seconds like 24 seconds and or something like that something yeah. like that and the i but we crossed the finish line it was 43.5 miles all right yeah. and and i do have another story that goes back to my hot metal and i'll talk about that in a second because it kind of it's the same thing but anyway had we had another mile and a half i don't know if i could have beat him because he was doing a really good job and i he's done that that race before so he probably knew where it was and he he's prob- actually won it several times before oh really yeah i looked i looked okay. it up so yeah. i don't know like if it was another mile and a half would he would he have done more of the same or did he pour it all out there and that's why i was bringing him because i actually went from like about a minute gap and i got him down to like 20 ish seconds and I'm like, all right, I know that I was willing to do the work for another minute or a mile and a half to try and bring him in and make it interesting. I don't know if that would have worked. I don't know if he could have gotten out of saddle and sprinted. And I don't know what I would have had left in the tank, but I yeah. wanted to make it interesting. Yeah. And I, I love a good sprint finish. We all know that. Yes. <laughs> so um, anyway, and I, I came around this corner and I see this wind flapping flag thing and I'm like, Please tell me that's like some store like advertising they're they're open from, and stuff is on sale. And then I look and I see a trailer and I see cones and like I see him sit up. I'm like, 
damn it. That That's the it. finish line. And like he comes across and then 20 ish seconds later, I come across and we were you know, like high fiving each other and whatnot. Yeah. And it was Man, a, Tim took on the dialed team and beat you guys. He did. Nice he did. work, Tim. Yeah. Big congratulations to the, but also he very knew the cool. course. He knew the course. He knew the course. And he also took pulls yeah. at the beginning. Yep. Yeah. He like mixed it up yeah. with us. He didn't just sit, sit, yeah. which was great. Yeah. I went and gave him kudos on Strava, and he even, you know, like said something to the effect of like, I was able to get the win despite the the Dowd guys making it really difficult for me. Yeah. And when we came across the finish line, too, the race promoter was there with his little trusty sidekick, and they were taking down numbers and times and all that other stuff. He's like, oh, my gosh, you guys, that is a fantastic job. You set the the course record. That was the fastest that's ever been done. They've been doing yeah. it for a decade. So it makes sense if you guys took it out hard. We uh, We beat the course record by like 14 minutes. Yeah. That's but, pretty substantial. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. pretty substantial. It, and it's a windy place out there, but I think it's pretty consistent with respect to which way the winds are blowing. I don't think that like if there was no wind, we would have we probably would have gone a little bit faster, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. is it more windy usually or is it the same or uh, I part of it too is normally all the hitters ride the long course. Yeah. And we actually rode the f- six mile climb at the beginning faster. Than all the oh. all the ninety mile racers did, but they have to go twice as far, True. so they had to you know kind of real conserve a little bit. So, so it was a uh, it was fun. It was I you know, I had a blast going out there. I didn't go out there and stay the night um, like Lance and Ian did. Um, they went out there in their adventure wagons and they spent the night and camped out and did that whole thing. And I just had too many things going on, but I got up at five thirty in the morning and, and headed out of here at six fifteen and made good time. Well, Got out there 15 minutes faster than I thought it was going to be. Um, and it was just a lot of fun hanging out. Yeah. Just the gravel scene, such a cool group of people and sharing stories and yeah. talking about stuff and prepping and like what tire pressure you're running, what you're wearing today, what's the route, let's discuss pregame. It's just, it's a blast. Good. I really enjoyed it. It was so cool to be able to race with Jake again. Yep. Jake, it's been a little while. Jake's, it's been a while since Jake has lined up at a race, and so it was cool to have him out there and that we could actually race together yeah. and we could actually act like a team and yep. try to use some team tactics. And yeah, it was, it just made it, it made it really fun yeah. and exciting. Good times. Yeah, good That's times. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then aside from the race, um, we did a flogging ride. It was, uh, outside. how was that? It was good. Thursday it was night. Flogging ride number two, like official outside one, uh, was number two, and we had a good time. Um, no incidents, lots of hard work and efforts, and people got a little bit stronger. The weather was pretty decent. Good. Yeah. No Lance, because he decided to ride on Zwift, because Lance is a Zwifter now. <laughs> You're Zwifter. I did a set of over-unders in the morning, and I'm like, I'm not doing that freaking hard workout, and then also <laughs> doing the flogging and race on the weekends. Yeah. I, I kind of blew it. And then we did the uh, the gravel ride on Tuesday, which was a, another good one as well. Again, no Lance. Lance was on, on Swift. I did VO2 set that morning. You're Swifter. It's okay. I, I'm just reminding Lance that we ride outside this time of year. So <laughs> He's too efficient to ride on my trainer. I like Coco. That's why I'm able to stay with you at this race. It was the only reason is because I've been doing all this friggin' work. So, yeah, it was good times. Nice. Anything else? That's it. Backpedals over. That was a lot of backpedal. A lot Let's of do one last thing. Matt Legrand, go. Bike computers, um, you, if you haven't seen the video talking about the 540 and the 840, there's an announcement video for that. It talks about all the features, everything that you need to know about those two devices. Then I posted yesterday a video comparing the 540 and the Bolt version 2. So if you are considering a Wahoo or a Garmin computer, 
those videos might be worth checking out. How is the one that you put out yesterday doing? Good. It's doing that's fine. A, the fantastic like video format. And then there's yep. that's a question that people ask all the time. Yep. And it's uh it's a very Coke versus Pepsi kind of a topic. Exactly. And yeah. you get a lot of people that are like, No way, I'm one never gonna do other. Garmin or no way, I hate yeah. Wahoo. And it's just it's constant back and forth. I thing. literally have the same video on my channel from a year, to maybe two years ago, where yeah. it's like the 530 versus the Bolt version 2. Uh -huh. And that video is like one of my top videos. Wow. And um, it's like 100,000 views, basically. Wow. And so I was like, I'm making this video again because yeah. the one I made before worked. So crush. I probably will do like an 840 versus a Rome versus a Hammerhead Crew, too. That's what I'm getting asked to make by people. So we're. We're gonna be putting out one of those as well. Okay. Maybe we need to bump into each we other. Could, like we'd have like a little. <laughs> remember what like are you guys crossover? doing here? What are you guys doing <laughs> here? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Just testing computers. <laughs> Is that like one of those things where like Seinfeld and Friends or something like that yep. like ran into each other on the street? <laughs> yeah. What do they call that when there's like crossovers? Uh, I don't know. Crossovers. WB Cross crossovers. <laughs> I feel like it's a WB thing. That could be fun. Cool. Lance, one last thing. Uh, this weekend uh, is the first race in the Lifetime Grand Prix Fitness oh, uh, uh, series this year. There's a, It's a seven-race series this year. They added another 100-mile gravel event called the Rad. But this weekend is Sea Otter yep. uh, mm -hmm. down in Monterey, California. And so that's a 60-kilometer mountain bike race. Nope, 100-kilometer mountain bike race. So it's a 62-mile mountain bike race that's happening sure. uh, this weekend. So we'll we'll see. This is kind of the funnest series that's happening in the U.S. in yep. bike racing right now. So it starts this weekend. So that should be interesting. Cool. Um, for me, one last thing is there are a couple races coming up. Um, I won't be doing the first one, but I just wanted to wish everybody going out to do the Gorge Gravel Grinder this weekend. All the luck. Uh, that should be a fun little race. The weather, I think, is looking decently good. I haven't checked. And you're going to no be out idea. there, right? I am doing it. Yep. And I think we've got a pile of teammates going out there. 800 people. Signed up. People. It's sold out. Um, I really, you brought that up to me, like because my my daughter's birthday is this weekend. That's why I didn't register uh -huh. for it, and like I just didn't want to commit to something super early, and then have my wife come back and say, "Why did you schedule a bike race on the weekend of our daughter's seventeenth yeah, birthday?" Yeah. Yada yada yada. So I'm like, all right, I, I can't do this. But I think you told me somebody in our community had. A, uh, an entry that they needed to transfer to somebody. And this was like on Saturday, you're telling me like, Hey, uh, Tom's got a, a, an entry that he wants to transfer. Do you want to take it off his hands? I'm like, yeah, I don't think he can. They have this, this deal where it's what 12 days prior to the race that they won't do a transfer. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, I can kind of lame. It, it's not kind of, it is lame. And it's super I, easy like, to do a transfer. And, and, and I get it. Cause like, if you've got 800 people, doing a race and all of a sudden you're dealing with all of these things last minute where yeah. they're wanting to juggle things around. Like maybe you don't have the time or the manpower to be juggling around a hundred different transfers and whatnot, but 12 days out. I mean, the, the reason why you would want to transfer something is usually because something comes up. I can understand if it's the night before or two nights before, but come on, man. You, yeah. You should be able to do something in the course. And it's, it really boils down to just like your medical release from waiver form. And then they just punch a number in under your name and Transfer from the other person. It, it, no joke. It probably takes a minute of their time. Shrink that time down a little bit. Make it a little bit more accommodating for your racers. And I went through this last year with them, and I, right. I got super sick this time last year. I was crazy sick, and I tried to transfer my entry to Chris Hannell, and it was five or six days before the race. And they're like, "No, we won't do it." They wouldn't. I'm do like, it. "Why? <laughs> it's that it's really no skin off your your teeth to do this." But I don't know if. 
I'm sure they're not listening, but if you are, maybe consider maybe tightening that up a little bit. I can understand like three days is probably getting a little tight, but anything outside of that, yeah, let so people transfer. This is Chad Sperry's company, uh, Team Breakaway Promotions. Um, they're a very successful race promoter company. Sure. They Most of their races sell out yeah. every year. They're very good at them, and I'm wondering if this is one of their policies to just help create a little bit more urgency in registering for their races. Yeah. Because the earlier things are all registered, the easier it is on the promoters. And I'm yeah. wondering if that's why they made that The decision. other thing you can do is offer discounts for people that register early as opposed to penalties. It's like the yeah. carrot or the stick. Right. They I, like to beat you with sticks, man. They like the stick. <laughs> but the no but the no transfer 10 days out kind of sucks. Yeah. It does. Or 12 days out, I think yeah, it was. something like that. Yeah, so, I agree. Two days, I think. That's too tight, I think. Two days is because, like, two days you're out on the course, you're setting up stuff, you're doing work. You can, that's like time's tight. Like, you can't have, you can't be in front of the computer the whole time doing transfers. But three or four days before, you're probably not out I mean, there. On even the course. if you get 20 transfers that, you know, four or five days, it doesn't take that much no, time to click I through that it. and finish it. And if it's going to be taking good care of your customer and keeping people happy, that's great. There's a lot of people, though, that just get stuck paying for something and, and aren't able to do anything with it, and it just goes to waste. Right. So, I don't know. The other race coming up is on April 30th is the uh, Banana Belt race down at Hag Lake, put oh, on cool. by Team O, and uh, just want to encourage people to go register for that because road racing is not doing fantastically right. well, and nope. that is a great venue, and they did a really good job with it last year, and I'm hoping it's going to be even better this year. They've got a... Great little race flyer. I like their little graphic that they made. It's 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 fun and it should be a good time out there. And I know that we had a pretty good showing of teammates last year. I'd like to see even more this year. And I think that you know it's good for just about anybody that wants to go out and road race. They've got a bunch of you know new stuff or like great races for like your your new racer, like your Cat Four or Fives. I don't think it's super junior friendly. As a matter of fact, I don't even think they have a junior race, but. Um, for the stronger juniors on our team, um, that's going to be a good place for them to go race. And that course has got rolling hills. Yeah. yeah. It's got some good little hills in there. Yeah. Not long, but good little yeah. hills. Yeah. yeah. You got to attack up some of them, but yeah. um, there's plenty of places to recover. And if you're good at sucking some wheel, you can do that for most of the yeah. most of the route. Consider doing that, folks. Anything else, boys? That's it. That's it. All right. We will be back next week with another one of these. And until then, bye for now. Bye.